He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. This is the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma, and we have a new Masters champion. Hideki Matsuyama becomes the first Japanese player to win the Masters, and he does it in stressful fashion down the stretch after what looked like it was going to be a cakewalk to the finish line. Will Zalatoris certainly made it interesting by holding a long par putt on 18 to get in there at 9 under, forced Hideki to make both to make at least bogey on 18, which Hideki did from the right greenside bunker. So we have a new Masters champion. It was, gentlemen, I would say a very boring Sunday until Hideki's second shot on 15. And then there was about a half hour where it got really intense and really nervous and the shots really started to matter. Uh, and it ended up being a pretty exciting finish. Yeah, you know, it's one one of those sneaky chokes, the rare choke <laughs> the from sneaky behind. Choke. The sneaky <laughs> choke. Well, the 73rd hole has to trademark that term. <laughs> the or at least you do, choke. Sam. Yeah, bro. I mean, what I saw from Xander yesterday was – he started off and didn't put any pressure on Hideki Matsuyama at the beginning of the round. And and that's what you have to do with a guy who's up by four shots to start the round. you got to put pressure on him early. And he put none. Uh, on five, he hit it in the bushes, you know. Uh, and, and, and on three, he totally laid the sod over a chip oh. shot. Uh, but then he brought it back a little bit. And then after Hideki hits it in the water on 15, I feel ba- I feel like Xander's about to win the tournament. I feel bad for anyone who live bet Xander after Hideki hits it in the water and then Xander almost holds the bunker shot. Could you imagine someone who live bet Xander Schauffele right before that 16th tee shot? Uh, and I want to talk about that, T-Dub. I'll let you speak to it a little bit. Uh, but my thoughts on what I heard from Xander, what I, what I heard from Dottie Pepper, what I, what I saw from Xander after the round, I absolutely hated uh, what I heard. I, I heard, first of all, I heard Will Zalatoris saying he was frustrated. He, he, he should have won the tournament. He really should have won the tournament looking back on it about all the chances he had. And that's what he said after the round. And Xander comes after the round and is making excuse after excuse after excuse about how he flushed this shot when he should have been aiming 15 yards right of where that ball landed. If he flushes it, I don't know how it goes 15 yards left of where you're aiming. And then he... Dottie Pepper, she's an idiot. She said <laughs> she is a complete idiot. She she said that it, that ball hit a wall of wind. Right then, I'm looking at my buddy Caleb Price, who I'm watching the golf with. I go, the wind is blowing eight miles an hour. How much of a wall of wind that can it hit for an eight iron to come up that far short? I mean, Xander absolutely choked, and Hideki ends up making bogey even with no pressure. If Xander puts that ball anywhere on the right tier of that green, on the correct tier of that green, then Xander's 
least going to have a good chance to win the golf tournament. I think he does win the golf tournament, and he's lying to himself after the round and smiling about it. So I absolutely hated that. But congratulations to Hideki, and and, and it's awesome for golf. I think it's a great, great thing for golf. But T-Dub, dive into it a little bit like I did. Uh, what did you see yesterday? What what were your uh, impressions of the final round? Man, I tell you what. We, we've talked before about the, the classic match play situation. Would you rather go first or second? Very interesting that Shoffley went first on 16, you know, because he birdied, Matsuyama was bogeyed 15. So, Xander had to hit first. It would have been interesting to see how the events would have played out had Hideki had to hit first and Xander had to hit second. So, um, because, like we saw, um, Xander puts in the water, then Hideki's able to blow it out right, and he can basically bogey his way in there almost and and get the trophy done. So, I thought that that was interesting. Colby, you sent a, a good text yesterday that made a great point. So, Xander out there making all these excuses the drop zone had no divots in it. It had no divots for a reason. <laughs> drop zone was clean, perfect Augusta grass. No one hit it there. So you're sitting there making excuses for yourself. And, you know, we kind of had this conversation back at the uh, Riviera guys after uh, Tony Finau got done with his round. And I was kind of talking about, well, uh, is he not going to be a little bit more critical of himself for not winning? And Xander does the exact same thing. What do those two guys share in common? They haven't won in a long yeah, time. Yeah, they're allergic to trophies. Yeah, and, you know, in, in all fairness, Hideki was allergic to trophies for four years. Up, uh, His last win was at the Bridgestone. If hey, I'm that's not, if that's I, two weeks in a row we've had a guy win who has not won since summer 17. It's it's time, baby. It's time to break some droughts. We, we need to go back and look at the, uh, the, the rankings, see who else hasn't won since then, and then we can start <laughs> betting them because apparently that's a trend. But, you know, Sam, I want to use a term that you used last week for the A&W&A, and this is what the front nine looked like. It looked like a pillow fight out there. It does. I, I mean, it was, hey, Hideki, do you want this green jacket? Here you go. Let's just give it to you. You know, here, here you want it. Um, I see you have hole three written down over there, Colby. So yeah. I'll cut it. I, I didn't in. want to forget to get to hole three because hole three, short little par four, but I mean, you talked yesterday about kind of laying up versus going for it, but how narrow that sliver of green is. And I mean, we saw guys lay up. We saw guys go for it. And we saw just about all of them miss that green and either have to struggle for par or end up making both. Man, it, it, it's so tough because we talked about, do you drive it close or do you lay back? And there's two components to it. One is that, and you know, they said this on the telecast, and it's always a good point. Everyone assumes that just because you lay up, you hit the fairway 100% of the time. And, and, and that's not the case. And technically, the fairway is wider past the bunkers. The problem is, is that it's a little downwind, and the flag's tucked left, and if you miss left, you're hitting to like like three floors above you. Yeah. So, and it's a 50-yard well, shot. Except the you ironic just, you can't part. can't stop it. Well, the ironic part is... The person who put it in the best position off the tee was Xander, and then he just fatted his chip shot. You got to hit. You got to be on the right side. Well, with the wind blowing how it was, I think the best place to be was actually hitting driver and hitting it over to the right center of the fairway where where Xander was because we saw even the guys that laid up, who was it? You know, that laid up Rose uh, and Matsuyama, Matsuyama laid up forever. Yeah. Yeah. And they all hit it over the green because it was still just a, a hard wedge shot with the wind. Uh, and, and and so... But, but then we, we saw Zalatoris go for it, and he ended up left. Left. Had to play in from 50 well, yards. you can't went, play from there right. either. Went well, over the back of the green. Sander put it in the good spot and right. just fatted it. He, right. he messed it up terribly. And in all honesty, I mean, you have, what is there, five paces of green to work with? So, I mean, you could put it really... Any, unless you drive the green, you're not going to be in a particularly great situation. Even when Shoffley was up there, and I completely agree because, I mean, you're the only one who's been there, Sam, but you don't really notice it until you see the camera view of, of the green where it's like you stand on the green, you look back towards the fairway. The uh, the right side of the fairway from the tee box perspective is so much higher than the left side. I mean, it is so drastic. And so Xander, like you said, like you guys say, was able to put it up there on that right side. 
And even on his shot, they were talking about how he can't even really aim at the pin because he needs to play it up on the slopes and let it go down, which is what I thought he really should have done. But he tried to hit what a little nine iron bump and run. It looked like and I, I thought he tried. To, I, th- I thought he took too aggressive of a line. I thought he should have gone another ten feet further right. He just laid the shot over it though. And he it did. Shut down it, the it, face. it was a bad. Sometimes you just hit a bad shot, but I mean, you just have to get that ball way out to the right of the pin on the green and let it funnel as much as it can, even if it stops fifteen feet above the hole you've got a hell of a lot better look than anybody else has there all day. Well, and that's the number one thing that Augusta will do, and you can tell that he was struggling with that because he kept backing off it with his caddy. You have to commit to the shot that you want to hit. Yeah. And you could tell that Xander was not committed to that shot. And we saw it from a lot of guys coming down the stretch. And, I mean, you know, one point I want to make, guys, I was going to add it up. There was only 20 guys that broke par. I mean, the course was not playing extremely easy. I mean, yep. and, and you know, I'm not going to say hashtag dial it back to be funny, but, I mean, I will, I guess. So, because, I mean, I mean, we had 20 guys break par. What do we want to do? We want everyone in the field to shoot over par? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, you got to pull it up right here, Sam. I'll, I'll give a shout-out to Will Zalatoris. I mean, we came on on our Friday show, and I was like, guys – with how good of a ball striker this kid is, I wouldn't be shocked if he won the tournament. And, you know, Colby ended up being right because he had a few of those little uh, little uh, eight-figure strokes that came back in, what was it, 12? And what, yeah, he, so he missed it was, another short It was one. number 10, yep. he three-putted. Uh, and he, uh, and obviously, number three, he bogeyed. Number 10, he three-putted. Number 12, he had a terrible shot off the tee, made bogey. Well, but then he also had a pretty good chip up to five feet and then totally yipped that. He got that was maybe his worst yep. putt of the day. I, yep. I don't know if I've number, ever seen anyone miss short left of the green and the bunker on Sunday at Augusta on number 12. I don't think I have either. And Front fringe on Sunday on 12? That's like nobody goes there. Also, he was the only player, because I had Amen Corner coverage up on the second TV, and then I had the broadcast on the main TV. He's the only player all day that I could see who hit wedge into 12 instead of 9-iron. Yeah. Everybody else was hitting 9-iron. Some guys were smoothing 8-irons in there, and when they said Zalatoris was hitting a wedge, I was like, oh my god, he better flush it. And I mean, he was dangerously close to that ball rolling back. Yeah, well, when I think of Zalatoris, uh, I think what he's thinking is, you know, he should have won this tournament. He's going to kick himself on 10, and then 13, he three-putted after hitting the green. That was a bad three-putt. And what we, what I saw... So, from, I don't mean to interrupt you, Sam, but that's in four holes, that's three... At three of those holes, he missed putts that he should have made. Also, yeah. I mean, that's the back nine Sunday at Augusta. 10, 12, Everybody says that's when the tournament starts. He he steadied after that point, but he really threw a few away on 10, 12, and 13 that obviously he needed. Yeah, and, and um, my point about 13 was those short putts, what I saw from Will Zalatoris was he was making those clutch eight-footers, but inside about six feet or so, it seems to get a little more tentative with his stroke, with his putting. And um, like we saw it on uh, on 8 and 9, he made solid putts. However, on 10, 12, 13, like we just talked about, those strokes didn't look very, very aggressive. And uh, and I bet that's what he's kicking himself about after the round. Um, obviously, he made solid birdies at 15 and 17, and then the great putt at 18, but that's just kind of a shot-in-the-dark putt on 18 that happened to go in the hole after he kind of botched up 18 as well. Um, but Will Zalatoris, from what I saw yesterday, uh, obviously Matsuyama, uh, you know, won the tournament and should have won the tournament. But Xander and, and Zalatoris just never really put any pressure on Matsuyama until the very end of the tournament. And that's why 
you know. Well, it was too little Matsu, too late. Yeah, too little too late. It was late. too little too yeah. late because Matsuyama was still able to bogey 15, bogey 16, and bogey 18 and still put on the green jacket. Now, he earned his way to that lead. I mean, right. Hideki Matsuyama, until he made that second swing on 15, was so rock solid. He had the, the tee shot on one was not great, but then he was rock solid until that second shot on 15. You, you can debate whether to go for it or lay up there. He decides to go you have for to, it. You have to go for it. I, 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 heard, I, this I, deba- I heard this debate, I too. What was he, 220 or something? On what, on what hole? On, on 15. The, on 15. On 15. Okay, I, I thought he was crazy for going for it on 13. On, I, don't, I, 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 okay. I agree with yes. that one. So I thought I, he was going to lay up on 13, he too. Got two, he got two, lucky two shots two, in a row. Two, twice. The, the, first, the tee shot bounce was bounce. one of the luckiest bounces you'll ever see. Yeah. And then the second and then the second it bounce was, was just a little less lucky. Three feet away from going in the flowers then you got a real problem and then he made he went from birdie to making probably would have made bogey um, yeah. it was almost as bad as a spieth on thursday if, chip the, was if the t-shot if the t-shot for hideki wouldn't have kicked out on 13 he probably would have laid up yeah and then had to come in with a wedge uh i did think it was really interesting so that happened within about 30 seconds of will zalatoris hooking it left on 14 he hit a tree and kicked back in the fairway yeah. and i think it was the very next cut on the broadcast i think they cut from zalatoris's t-shot kicking out in the fairway to hideki Hideki on 13, and then Hideki smokes a tree and yeah. kicks back out of it. But I thought it was much riskier to go for it on 13. I thought it was the right call on 15. I don't know if it was adrenaline. I think you could also tell. I think Hideki pulled that shot on 15. I, I think it came out left, and we all know a pull goes longer. You, you pull it, you're going to get an extra 5, 10 yards out of it, and that's all he needed to get on that downslope and rock it into the pond yeah. on 16. That thing did not creep in. It was moving going right. into that pond. And, and yeah, Hideki was... He was solid uh, on the front nine, but no one put any pressure on him after that initial bogey. Leishman won over yesterday. Rose won over yesterday. Connors two over yesterday. Uh, Harmon, I got to scroll all the way down to 12th, was two over yesterday. Uh, and and Spieth the- wasn't, but Spieth did all of his late after Spieth played a bad front nine, so he was never, Spieth was never really in contention despite well, making some birdies on the back. Well, he yeah, he made the birdies on the back, but what I'm saying is he never put any pressure on Matsuyama exactly. on the front either because exactly. he bogeyed one, five, and six. He never had a chance to win the tournament. He was no. my one and done pick. I was watching him all day. He never had a shot. And then he bogeyed 18 to, for instead of uh, tie, yeah, instead, uh, instead of solo, solo third, third. He yeah, got tied, I got for tied third. third. Thanks a lot. Yeah, last time that happened, I ended up losing season long pool by a hundred thousand. So <laughs> speak, that's probably your your 350k miss putt will probably come back to haunt me at the end. You know, and one thing I want to emphasize here, guys, because we talk about the gro- the growth of golf, right? And that's what we want in the 73rd hole. And we kept talking. I've been hearing this for years, right, for about Hideki. When's he going to win that major? And when it does, it's going to be magical because Japan is just going to erupt with golf. And now I want to put this into perspective for people because this isn't like like uh, Bolivia or Congo or s- a smaller country having a golfer win. Japan is the third highest country in GDP behind China and the U.S. It's the third essentially richest country in the world. And the, it's the 11th most populated country. We can now have the third richest country in the world explode with golf. How can that hurt the game? Well, it already all? has exploded with there, golf. So, so Japan, for reference, I, geographically, Japan's a little bit smaller than California. Just slightly smaller than California. But they have approximately 3,000 golf courses in Japan, which is more than almost any state in the United States. It might be more than any state in the country. It is a golf-crazy place, and that's why Hideki means so much to Japan. They love their golf. Adam Scott talked about the fans in Japan. He said they're fanatical over there for golf. You go play 
played a tournament over there. It's crazy. The Japan Tour, I mean, they, they go crazy for the Japan Tour like we do for the PGA Tour. And what it means for Hideki to win this Masters tournament, I think what we're going to see, and, and maybe not to the same level, but maybe to the same level because Hideki is a legend. He's a hero. He's an icon in Japan. I think we're going to see a whole wave of young uh, Japanese kids pick up golf kind of the same way what Tiger did to us here in the U.S. Tiger made a whole wave, a whole generation of kids pick up golf clubs, and I think Hideki can have a very similar impact on, on kids in Japan. Yeah, I, I would relate it to very similar to – I'm going to list off a list of guys here. Ernie Els, Retief Goosen, Christian Bezadenhut, um, gosh dang, I'm missing off. Charles, uh, um, Charles Schwartzel, Louis Ustase. Uh, I'm listening off guys from South from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And, Gary Player, and, and who? Yeah, who's the common <laughs> yeah. denominator in that? Gary Player. Yeah. Gary Player started that revolution in South Africa. Who, who, by the way, was the first international born player to win the Masters. Correct. Right. And I, I think we're going to see a similar jump to this because, like you reiterated, saying golf in Japan is already really high. I mean, we got the Olympics there this year, and they're going to be f- crazy about that. But I mean, you, I mean, you talk about if there's a five. I mean, this was the definition of the uh, 44-ounce bottle of lighter fluid just flowing on, and it's just about to boom, explode. And one thing I love about this winner from Japan is Matsuyama wasn't some no-name. He was already a star. Yeah. You know, and he, he's always been in the discussion of best player to never win a major. I mean, he's finished top six in all four majors. We've all, you know, we, we've all just know. been waiting on him to pop for four days. Exactly. You know, I forgot, and, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I, I forgot that they mentioned this yesterday in the broadcast. In 2017, he was up to number two in the world. I had forgotten that he had gotten that. Yeah, he won at Firestone. Uh, he had 60, a good, one of the best rounds I've ever seen. He he had a uh, a good week at the PGA Championship as well. Actually, the very next week he had a better round, just individual round, than the sixty one he shot at Firestone. He shot sixty four in round two of the PGA that week. Gained nine point six strokes on the field. He gained nine point one three strokes on the field uh, in that round at Firestone in twenty seventeen. How about the third round at the Masters? Hideki after the rain delay on Saturday for his third round. Hideki gained eight. 0.31 strokes on the field. Hideki finished fourth this week in strokes gained around the green. And and by the way, we've got to put some respect on Hideki's short game. Three seasons in a row, he's been in the top 20 on the PGA Tour in strokes gained around the green. And because he's been such a bad putter throughout his career, that gets lost because, you know, he misses a lot of those four-footers that he has for par. And we don't appreciate the fact that he had a 30-yard pitch over a bunker onto a downslope with the green running away from him and he hit it four feet. So we don't appreciate his short game enough because of the putter, but man, the the amount of times that he short sided himself this week, bumped it into the slope up to three, two, three feet. I mean, how about the shot he hit on eighteen on Saturday? Oh man! Well, the, and, and you know that's Great what shot. that was the point that I was I'm, if, over the bump. I mean, it was tremendous. Hideki won that tournament after the rain delay on Saturday. I mean, oh, I mean, man. that's when he just separated. Absolutely, what, what, was he six under? Six, yeah, and he was on eleven, I yeah. believe. He 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 actually said that he necked his drive or mishit his drive on eleven, and then that's when he went in. Which is, oh yeah, that's a nice place to come back to, yeah. right? You know, well, you say, well he was like, under the tree over there on the right, exactly. And I was just going to make the point that he was fourth in in scrambling this week, right? And so. What that means? Well, he's fourth he, in strokes gained around the green. Around the green. He was actually number one in scrambling, okay. but obviously yeah. well, that makes my point even better. So yes, what I'm yes. saying is, um, what I'm saying is that 
when the course was playing firm and fast, he was getting it up and down. And then when that course got soft right after that rain with no wind, he was just striping it. And, and he adjusted. Nobody else adjusted. Everybody else was leaving their putt short. And how about this? We know Hideki's always been a bad putter. It's always hard to watch him putt. He was so hot on Saturday afternoon. I was watching it with my wife. On 17, he had like that 10, 12-footer coming back up the hill for birdie. And I told Dana, I said, there's no way he misses this putt. There's just no way. He's putting into the ocean right now. And he just poured it right in the middle. When would you have ever thought that you could watch Hideki Matsuyama stand over a 10, 12-footer and you're sitting there thinking, there is just no way this does not go in the hole. And that's where he was at Saturday afternoon. And now we welcome to the program our good friend Jim Woodward. Woody, a legend of golf in the state of Oklahoma. Woody, it is the Monday morning after the Masters. To me, it's one of the both happiest and saddest days of the year. We get to recap the Masters, but we've got 360 days until it comes around again. So how are you feeling on this Monday morning, my friend? Well, you know, that, it's funny you should say that because the other majors I don't seem as depressed on the Monday after, but Augusta, I don't know for that reason. It just it just pulls at your heartstrings. But uh, I would I would tell you after sitting there Sunday watching that, it sure won't go down in my annals as one of the best ones I've watched. In fact, it was probably one of the worst ones I've watched because I was so disappointed in the field in general not that I didn't have a problem with Matsuyama winning the golf tournament, but I, you know, that last nine holes at Augusta, you expect spectacular shots and somebody, you know, putting the charge on and somebody really getting the nerves. And every time we got close to that, you know, somebody stepped on themselves for a better way of saying it. It was, I don't know. It, it was a good masters, but it, I was, I was disappointed. I don't know about you guys. I, I didn't think it was all that. Yeah, no, we were talking, Woody, about how no one could just go out and, and apply the pressure to, to Matsuyama. He could just kind of coach his way in. I mean, he had, what, a, a five, six-shot lead at one point in time, and it just yeah. it just seemed like no no one was going out there to make a move. And, you know, right before you came on, Woody, we were talking about how, and we'll get to more of the golf in a second, but I remember um, when we first had you on our show, you were talking to us about some of your uh, Asian Tour stories over kind of where you had some interactions with Payne Stewart and some other great uh, PJ Tour players. And, you know, I know that Japan, China, China, Korea, Malaysia, they're all various different cultures. But from your experience of playing golf over there, how big do you think Matsuyama's win will have on the Japanese culture? Oh, it's incredible. It'll be off the charts. Um, You know, the the South Koreans and a few of the Japanese on the LPGA Tour have just dominated. So um, I guess in a way, the, the men's tour, we've had some really good whether it be Kim or, you know, there's a number of guys that have come on now that are uh, uh, playing better from the standpoint. But but to win a major, and especially at Augusta, I really – I would have loved to have been in Japan yesterday about 7, 8, 9 in the morning, whatever it was when he finally finished. Because I'm going to tell you what, that, now you want to talk about a master's hangover. I guarantee you, Matiyama – he will have so many people pulling it, tugging at him. I'll be curious to see what he does the rest of the year, guys. I mean, because he's going to just get absolutely uh, – they're going to be all over him. It's, the enamor is going to be just a joke over that there. That doesn't seem like his personality very much, does it? <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. He's, he's able to have been able to kind of uh, – you know, a lot of those guys out there will tell you he can speak better English than he leads on, yeah. okay? And and I would believe, you know what, if you guys were in Japan for 10 years like he's been over here, 
I guarantee you'd 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 learn how to speak Japanese. You you'd have some kind of uh, ability to carry on a conversation. I think Matsuyama has always used that to keep him out of the limelight, and so he can't go over to Japan and say, "Well, I can't speak the language." There, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna help golf all over the world. I will tell you that because the Japanese are so. Uh, like I said, they're so eaten up with it. There's so many of them in that country that just love it, and they don't really have the same kind of ability to play like we do. They don't have near as many golf courses, so they've got eight-tier driving ranges and things like that. So he will be a national icon for as long as he lives now. He has set himself in stone with that. Yeah, Woody, I want to transition a little bit to the golf yesterday. As far as I didn't see anyone put any pressure on Matsuyama. I I, I, I was pretty disappointed in what I saw from Spieth on the front nine, Shoffley on the front nine. Shoffley kind of, you know, on the front nine, he didn't put any pressure on him, and then he made some birdies in the middle. And then after Matsuyama hit it in the water on 15, uh, it, and then Xander hit the great bunker shot out to about a foot, and and then you're going to 16T. Woody, what did you see from Xander on that 16T? Because I completely disagreed with what, first of all, what Dottie Pepper said, that that hit a wall of wind. It was only blowing eight miles an hour. And then I disagreed with uh, the difference between Xander and Zalatoris. Zalatoris was basically talking about how he how – he, regretted a lot of shots that he wishes he would have won the tournament and that he thinks he should have won the tournament. And Xander seemed like he was making excuses saying he flushed that shot right at the pin. Well, no, you didn't. You should have been aiming 15 yards right, especially if you play a draw, you know, Woody. So what did you see uh, from that? Because I saw Zalatoris saying, look, I three-putted 10 and three-putted 13. And I saw Xander saying, no, I hit all the right shots. I just happened not to win, you know. So what did, what did you see? Well, that's – boy, that isn't – excellent analogy and and i think that that in a way if if we go back and we look and i'm not the best at doing the the studying like you guys are but xander shopley has had a number of opportunities in majors and not closed them now you know i hate to even use the word choke i hate to even i hate that in sports because anybody that's there i gotta tell you that they're they've already proven to me they could play under the gun but Xander has not, and I repeat, has not finished a major that I can think of yet. That is why he's over. And if he's going to keep making excuses, and I'm with you, Sam, he no more flushed that eight iron than I did. I, I mean, come on. It doesn't come up 25 feet short and left if you flushed it. And if he did flush it, then he's a moron. He took the wrong golf club and so's his cat. <laughs> I totally okay? agree. There's and no wall of wind not. up there. Well, and by the way, yeah, most, uh, most top wind. fives in majors, most top fives in majors since 2017, Kepka has okay. six. Shoffley, pardon me, Kepka has seven. Shoffley has six. DJ has five. Kepka has four majors in that span. DJ has a major in that span. Shoffley has zero. So that goes to what you're saying, Woody. He, he's been good in majors, but he cannot close it out. He cannot, and 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 again, if you're, uh, I, I, you know, I hate it, whether it's golf or life for somebody to make excuses. You know what? Pull your brand pants up, get your britches on tight, and admit you didn't hit a good golf shot. And and if you didn't hit the good golf shot, start learning why. And especially for Xander, now I 
I was, I've not watched that Zalatoris kid play much. I got to admit to you guys, I don't watch a lot of golf on television. I've heard about him. I've been reading about him. I was very impressed. For 24 years old in your first Masters, I mean, and for him to get finished and talk about what you said, Sam, that, that he's mad that he three-putted those two greens. And yep. he, he should have he should have won the golf tournament. That's what I want to hear out of a world-class player. I want to hear him say, I made these mistakes, but let me tell you something, guys. I learned from them, and I'm not going to do it again. Instead of, well, I just flushed it, and I just played as good as I could play, and I didn't win. Yeah, well, you need to go to the LPGA or something. I don't know where you need to go, but Xander, you need to suck it up and start admitting I didn't play the kind of golf I should have come down the stretch. Yeah, Woody, that's interesting you bring up Zalatoris like that because uh, Zalatoris, I've played some golf with him, and he had he's always been a great ball striker, but he he had his putting issues and went through his putting woes, and some might even call him the yips and everything. Uh, but then when he finished the round, he wasn't trying to put a Band-Aid on that putting. He was saying, look, I should have two-putted those. And and that, that gave me more confidence that Zalatoris in the future will get that stuff figured out because he's already gotten it figured out with that arm lock grip and everything at least something that kind of works you know but he wasn't afraid to say look i cost myself the tournament with those three putts well and and you know if you look at different putting styles i mean webb simpson does that with 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 locking that thing up in his arm Uh, i think you know what i think that it it kind of scares me that he's already got something like that going on at 24 (laughs) <laughs> because if if he's if he's already kind of had some issues, um, they they stopped the long putter because it was anchoring. Well, to me, that's still anchoring. What those guys are doing is anchoring the putter. I mean, you might not have it in your chin or on your chest, but when you lock it in your arm like that, uh, maybe someday they're going to make them change that. And if they do, they'll have to come up with something else for those guys to putt that way. But the one thing about that young man that I love. You know, first off, he looked really calm during that, and that, that that's amazing to me at that age to be that calm in that kind of setting. The other thing was is, is what what he says afterwards, like you were saying, Tim, he's mad. He's not happy. He finished second at his first Masters. He's not happy with it. Well, that, boy, that sounds like a guy that <laughs> he's going to be a threat for a while if that's true. Yeah, and and we talk about that ball striking. I mean, he's he he might be one of the top five ball strikers on tour now. Well, I mean, and yeah. he's and he technically oh. isn't even a PGA Tour member. He he can't get PGA Tour membership. Finished second at the Masters isn't good enough to get you membership. You have to win a tournament to be able to. He can't even play in the FedEx Cup, guys. How how, how ignorant is wins. that? Unless yeah. he wins, how ignorant is that? Um, that is dumb. And, and they he, need to change that rule. I mean, he finished sixth and sec, sixth in the U.S. Open and second. Well, in the also Masters. look at his official world golf ranking. That'd be a good way to change the rule if you crack a certain number in the official world golf ranking you get a tour card yeah but anyway we can talk about that later yeah and and, you know just to get back to your point Woody of you know the anchoring I mean you look at guys like Keegan Bradley and even to a lesser extent like a Kevin Stadler of you take that you take a certain type of putting uh, style away from them and they may not be able to find their game again um one of your your dark horse pick uh, Woody the number nine ranked player in the world Webb Simpson ended up finishing (laughs) uh, T12 and you know we remember he anchored it forever and he went through about a three to four year stretch of he until he got that arm lock stroke figured out and so you know if if the usga comes out like they are trying to dial it back if they want to ban arm lock putting we might have a lot of guys who are struggling out there um so that is one thing about bryson one of the biggest names in the game arm locks yeah Yeah. 
Right, right. No yeah, who, who shot 25 over this week for him? Um, so you know that's a, <laughs> on his par 67. So, so that's that's a, that's an interesting uh, segue there, Woody, because you know we we, we did a uh, little recap show on on Friday afternoon after after everyone had had gotten in, and you know we're listing off the guys that that didn't make the cut. I mean, we're looking at Kepka, obviously, who was hurt, but we got a Daniel Berger, Matt Kuchar was one of my picks, Lee Westwood been playing good, Dustin Johnson, uh, Robert Streb, local guy, uh, Rory missed the cut, Victor. Perez been playing good. Um, Patrick Cantley, guy who you liked, Woody, and we all liked yeah. the cut. Um, Sung JM was like three under on the first day, ends up finishing 13 over after two rounds. Yeah. Um, so what? Um, we kind of talk about some of the, these successes so far, Woody, and uh, the people who finished high. Who Out of those guys who did miss the cut, who was your biggest surprise? Well, I wasn't surprised at Kepka because I told you guys, I can't believe he's trying to walk those hills with the injury that he had to his knee. I, I don't think he should have played. Uh, hindsight, he might agree with me, but I, I get it. You, you hard to pass up a Masters. Uh, I was still one of the ones that still just blew my mind is Cantley because he was playing so good. I picked him like an idiot, um, and he puts it so well. He was really shocking to me how he struggled around that golf course. I was really surprised at that. The other one, of course, was Dustin Johnson, but mm-hmm. DJ was not playing that good coming into that golf tournament. Uh, the, the, the guy that, I guess the guy that really I was most shocked at, believe it or not, made the cut, was right there until the rain delay was Justin Thomas, came out and made eight on 13. Uh, I just was absolutely blown away <laughs> that he was within two, and it looked like, okay, he's setting up for a great you know Sunday, and then, boy, he just, I don't know. He came after that rain delay like he took a nap and never woke up. Right. <laughs> hey, Woody, what did, we haven't really talked about Spieth yet, and I was kind of disappointed in Spieth yesterday, even though he shot two under and made, what, like seven birdies, six birdies. But the problem is, Woody, speak to the importance of putting pressure on that leader, especially a leader with like a four-shot lead on that first nine. Uh, what I saw from Spieth, I mean, he bogeyed one and then bogeyed five and six. And so Matsuyama never really saw a big name behind him or really any names there on the front nine uh, behind him to put any pressure on him. And even though Spieth came back and shot 70 yesterday in the final round, I felt like he cost himself the tournament by not putting any pressure on Matsuyama on that front nine. And both both he and Xander were the two guys. And, and and let's not forget Justin Rhodes, Mark Leishman. These are world-class players. And you you hit the nail right on the head when you said there was absolutely no pressure. If you look at the finish of this golf tournament, it's going to look like Matsuyama one by one, and it was a tight race. Guys, I never felt that until the 16th tee where I thought there was a chance this could be getting ugly and then Xander hits the worst golf shot I've ever seen from a world-class player <laughs> and it, it just it just took all the wind out I mean you know Matsuyama was on cruise control again because the one guy that could have gotten him well let's say Xander hits it in there like Nicholas used to or Tiger used to where it comes off that hill and it goes almost goes in and gets a kickaway birdie man we got us a game man we got us a real tournament then. You fat it in the water or you, you hit it pure in the water, as he calls it. I flushed it right in the water. Nice shot. Uh, it, it, there it went. You know what I mean? And and yep. I don't, again, I am not blaming Matsuyama. I am not saying Matsuyama still right when I wouldn't have won the golf tournament. 
but it's sure been a lot more fun to watch uh, from that standpoint. So, I, I you know, again, I, I enjoyed it. It was a great Sunday afternoon. But as far as golf tournaments goes, I'll forget that one so quick it'll make your head spin. And I just it just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, Woody. Hey, and then just what were your total thoughts on speed this week, just uh, as a whole? I thought I thought Jordan again. He looks he looks like he's coming back, you know. And would we have loved to seen him shoot sixty five the last round? Shoot, yeah, we would have. Uh, I don't think he's a hundred percent back. I don't think he's still got that swagger. I still think he has some loose shots. Uh, I still think he, he he makes too many bad swings with his driver as many as anything in his bag. Um, he he had to play the front nine good. He knew it. He knew it. And, hey, that sounds all well and good. Go out there and shoot two or three, four under on that front nine. Well, until you got to play those holes. And, uh, you know, when when Shoffley hit the chip shot on three, I've, I've got members at Oak Tree I teach I think could have hit a better chip shot. Uh, and I know that's a hard chip shot. I know that's a hard chip shot. But, for goodness sakes, you can't leave it low. You, if you do anything, you hit it high back up there where Matsuyama was so you could make par. But just shots like that, speed never really did anything. You're right, Sam. There, there was nothing that he did other than the fact he was just going through the motions. And he got back there on the back nine, and, and he made a good charge. What did he finish? Solo third or fourth? Uh, tied so, for third. Tied for third. Bogey, yeah. bogey the last to not to uh, finish tied third instead of I solo will, third for my one and two. I mean, okay. I will give it up to Spieth. He birdied 9, 10, 13, 14, and 17. Uh, you so, bet. So he definitely came back, but he just didn't uh, come out firing like I thought he might. Well, there is, again, it goes back to if there's no pressure put on Matsuyama, which the closest anybody got was early in the round. Somebody got to one or two, you know, right off the bat where he, he bogeyed one. Salatoris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets Xanders within two on 16T. Yep. Other than that, he had anywhere from a four to a five shot, maybe six shot lead all day. So, you know, with that, anybody that's played golf for, for any level knows that you can put it on cruise control. So you can – you can hit safe shots, and if you listen to Faldo, which is so much, he is so enjoyable to listen to on that telecast because he's done it and he's been there so many times. What he said behind 15 green after after Matsuyama had hit it in the water, and he's got that chip shot, Faldo called it perfectly. He said he, he needs to leave it short of green. The last thing he needs to do is slide upon that green. He'll go down the water in front, and then we really got a mess. And congratulations to Matsuyama. He knew it. He knew it. He, he he played within himself. He just laid it up there, and he made it six. But he could have made seven, eight, nine on that hole if he gets going crazy. And he still had two-shot lead when he went to 16 tees. So he was doing the right things no matter how close somebody got to him. He was still doing the right things. But I sure wish – I just wish Xander would have hit a better shot on 16. Yeah, it, it would have been interesting to see how he would have played the hole had he not been that far ahead, maybe been only one or two strokes ahead, and then had to play that shot. He might end up getting more eager and uh, blowing his chances. Um, but you brought up a, a, a funny point about your Oak Tree members you teach, Woody, and that, that brings me to my, my main question. one of my main questions I want to ask you because um, one of the main stories for me was was how bad Rory played, um, you know, just not even being able to make the cut. And he had mentioned that, you know, he, he's playing golf swing with Pete Cowan right now. I mean, he's going 
going out there. He doesn't. He's not even trying to get the ball in the hole. He just wants his swing to look good. And so he goes out there and he talks about how he's on level lies and he he can make a great swing. He can hit it perfect every time. Um, I guess Shoffley can't because uh, he was on a tee box and hit it in the water. So so that doesn't count. But. Um, Rory said every, you know, anytime he got on a side hill lie was when he hit his bad shots. For example, the shank he hit on 10 was on an extreme down slope. Um, we brought up, uh, Justin Thomas earlier when he made the triple, he had a 90 yard wedge shot off a down slope and flubbed it right in the Creek, you know? So, so yeah. Woody, I, I know Augusta is an extreme variant on these slopes, but, but how would you teach your amateurs or even, um, high level wannabe pro golfers on how to deal with those slopes and how, how does it affect your golf ball? How much you know if the ball's below your feet how far left do you play all that stuff you know what are some advice that you would give to people dealing with uneven lies because even because it's noticed that even the pros have trouble with it well one of the one of the first things you always got to remember and i know you can lie is if it's a downward slope your body has to tilt downward you know number one at oak Creek national the tee shot usually leaves you on a down slope over water to a green that's elevated it's one of the hardest shots at the club and I, I can't tell you the amount of times I see people fat it in the water because they lean back into the hill <laughs> trying to get the ball up in the air. So always remember, up and down, you've got to lean with the slope. And if, if you're going on an upslope, just bear in mind that ball's going to go a lot higher. You've got to use a lot less club. Uh, when you get left and right types of uh, feet above, a ball above your feet, you've you got to just use common sense. You must choke down on that because the hill's forcing the ball closer to you so you got to shorten the grip and get a, get it more what i say is a little bit more towards the middle of your stance so you can get the bottom of the arc to catch the ball perfectly there the other way when you got the ball below your feet just the opposite you've got to really make sure you don't get your weight too much on your toes where you fall down what people got to do when they they play golf we're lucky at Oak Tree. We've got a lot of that out there where you got a side slope you can practice and things like that. But I can't tell you other than the fact that you've got to do it, and you got to do it enough times that you kind of get used to the idea of what the slope's going to do to the ball. Uh, it, it's difficult, but it, it shouldn't be difficult for a Rory or a JT. or Those guys, these are world-class players. I just can't believe they even say – I, I was having trouble with that. I, I, you know, Jack Nicholas never missed a putt for going a major, even though you can show him pictures where he did. He never believed it. He, he, you can't let those kinds of negatives get in there. Rory right now is just kind of a mess. He's just got to go and uh, uh, do like Jordan has, work his way through it. Yeah, and, and when you say work your way through it, what advice might you give Rory to, to stop playing golf swing and start playing more golf? Like, how do you forget everything that you're working on on the range and just kind of uh, go paint a picture on the course? Well, it, it's just what you said right, right there. You, you've got to go to the golf course and start just painting a picture where you want the golf ball to go. You can't think about your swing and how it's going to get there. Uh, we all know how good these guys are. They've all got that ability to just line up, see where they want to go and hit it. When when you're playing golf good, which we've all done it, it seems so easy, doesn't it, guys? Yep. But yep. when it's going bad, it, it's, it's like a nightmare that you can't ever wake up from. It just... <laughs> It just keeps coming. Well, and especially and if you're every, playing a course like Augusta National, it's going to maximize every mistake you make. Oh, without a doubt. And 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 then it gets to where you can't play like Hefner. I, I'm just telling <laughs> yeah. you, it doesn't matter where you are. If, if, if it gets going really ugly 
And I don't know of anybody that hadn't had it in golf where they have the ups and the downs and they get better and they get worse or whatever it might be. But it's just a real soul-searching time for those guys that they just got to work it through because you're all alone. You might have caddies. You might have psychologists. You got all these people that say they're on your team. Uh, you kids right down to the nut cutting boys. Golf's about you. It's an individual sport, and all those people in the world can't save you. You got to save yourself. Yeah, two weeks ago, Woody, just kind of speaking to that, two weeks ago, I was ready to quit the game and pick up tennis. I changed one little thing, and now I'm in love with golf again, and all I want to do is play. Yep. My, my course is closed today, and I hate it. All I want to do is get out this afternoon and hit balls. I guess that's sure. the nature of the beast. Uh, Woody, you, oh. you are the man. We appreciate your time. Uh, you know, kind of a boring Masters most of the day on Sunday. We had about a half hour of excitement, but a great champion uh, from Japan who will grow the game. So, Woody, we appreciate it. Have a good one. You too, guys. Nice talking to you again. All right. Appreciate it, Woody. Jim Jim Woodward, legend here in the state of Oklahoma. Thanks, Woody, for joining us. As always, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. So beautiful. Last time we'll hear it for a long time on today's show. The Masters has come to a close. Hideki Matsuyama is the champion. Welcome back here to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to golfoklahoma.org. You can listen to this podcast right there on the homepage. Also, make sure you subscribe to Golf Oklahoma. A lot of great coverage coming your way, especially in the month of May. Jam-packed month of May. We've got NCAA regionals. We've got the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills in Tulsa, where we will have a ton of coverage for you coming from Southern in late May. So a lot of good stuff coming up golfoklahoma.org gentlemen another great tournament and sam i understand that you have some trivia questions for us and it's a monday morning but my brain is fired up ready to go let's do it well boys this weekend i was looking for some trivia questions i know our listeners love them uh and have always we love them too. yeah we love you and uh and and the listeners have always been tweeting at us saying do a little more trivia so we're just gonna leave the masters music up yeah, for the yeah trivia leave, leave man, it going. I, I love the masters all right so my first Masters trivia question, uh, this is a good one. So when was the last time a first-timer got second in the Masters? Ooh. Ooh. That, ooh. It was in 82, wasn't it? It was not in 82. You would have been there, right about that. There was only one after Fuzzy. I know that. I believe got so. Got second. Got, got second. I know. Yeah, yeah. You're not talking about yeah. winning. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's won since Fuzzy. Is, is it second or solo second? Just whatever. Just T- second. Second or T2. Man, I have no idea. Was um, it Cam Smith last year? It was not Cam Smith. You got to guess. played in it before. Show me 
See, I thought you guys would get this. Show me Faldo. It's not Faldo. I'll give you all one more guess. Y'all, I felt I felt like this was a layup. That's why I did it first. Oh, was it recent? Was it Speeth? It was Speeth. It 2014. was 2014. Yes. Yeah, all right. right. When you said layup, it jogged my memory. And this well, year, I, I had uh, Speeth had won so many U.S. Juniors. I had thought that he would have gotten in playing as an amateur. Well, because I gotcha. because like Tiger played as an yeah, amateur, he a, plays first as a pro and and won. Right, so that's, that's a good point. So Colby won, Taylor zero. That's actually a perfect <laughs> transition. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, you, you didn't know we were keeping score. We weren't going to until I took a leap. Yeah. How, how, how do you get a point? Well, I got speed. He got speed. Oh, oh we, uh, we both said the same. Oh, never. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go all right, ahead. all right. So that's a perfect transition. You mentioned the U.S. Junior, and Will Zalatoris was obviously the the first timer that finished second. So who did Will Zalatoris beat in the 2014 U.S. Junior, the same year that Speed finished second, first time? Oh, good question. Uh, Sam Burns. It was not Sam Burns, but good friends with Sam Burns. Ooh, that's a good guess. I'm trying to think of a young guy. Um, is he on the tour now? Uh, he has played in some PGA Tour events, but he is not on the tour, but you guys definitely know who he is. Okay. Um, oh, I have another guess after Taylor goes. Mm, man, I'm trying to think of ages. Um, I'll just think of Corn Ferry, Davis Riley. Yep. Bingo. Oh, nice. my gosh. Yeah. What a hit. Bingo. Davis Riley, what first guess. Hit. All right. So this one is off the wall, but I had to ask y'all. Oh, man. Who's the only person to ever be buried in their green jacket? Oh, my God. I don't know. That's a great question. Bobby Jones. It was not Bobby Jones. Oh. This guy well, asked You, you the had club, to have won the tournament to have had a green jacket, this, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, that's Bobby, a good point. I figured maybe he had an honorary yeah, one for, you know, I mean, yeah, he probably had a green jacket. So, so your point is, who passed away before they had a chance to play in their next Masters? No, 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 no. Just who who was buried no, who, in their who green jacket? Was physically buried. Oh, they in the wanted green jacket. to be buried in the yeah. in the. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Um, Gene Sarris. It was not Gene Sarris. One more guess. Arnie. No. Um, uh, I have no idea. I, I really don't. Billy Casper, the 1970 oh, the champ. I should have said Billy Casper, most the underrated 19- golfer of all time. Yeah, yep. the 1970 champ. He asked the club's permission, uh, and so they granted he, it. So if he comes back and haunts you, he'll be wearing a green jacket. <laughs> that is that is very true. So my last question here, boys, uh, and, and we're gonna we're gonna do a little snake draft here. Oh, Top okay. four, uh, or we'll not do snake draft. We'll do th- answer the four most important holes on Sunday at Augusta. Actually, we'll do top five, and then it drops off a little bit. Is this historically or just this past week? This is from 1983 to 2017. Okay. Who wants to start? You go first. You go first. I'm going to go off the wall. I'm going to say number seven. Number seven is number five. That's the one that I thought y'all would not guess. It actually has the most variance on the front nine. Uh, of any hole. So if you make a birdie on number seven, as opposed to a hole like number four, which is dead last, okay, number four, guys just make par or bogey. Right. But if you make a birdie on number seven, you can actually gain more so, shots. So on I'm the field. wanting to clarify is this for importance of who ends up winning the tournament or is this just shot volatility? Uh, both. It, they factored both of so them. So it's in. both of them. But it's mostly variance, like okay. variance and scores. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I will go 13. 13 is number one. Yeah. 8.6. Or 8.36% uh, percent variance on uh, scores on number 13 on Sunday at Augusta. I'll keep the par 5 trend going. I'll say 15. 15 is number 2. 7% uh, variance in scores on Sunday at Augusta. See, and this work kind of tricky because I feel like I could throw out 12. Yeah, I'll, I'll go 12. I'm 12, go 12 is number 3. Okay. That's yeah. actually so surprising that it's I on a par 3. I didn't want to overthink. 
Okay. It's on a part three. Now, now I, I know I've asked a lot of clarifying questions. This is just for Sunday or for the whole tournament? For Sunday. For they Sunday. have it for all the tournament, but I just pulled up Sunday. Okay, so we, we have not gotten an incorrect guess yet. It's uh, actually really impressive. Uh, that is true. I, man, I'm trying to think of the holes because I think 11 is going to be too close because I don't think there's there's gonna either going to be bogey or well, and, par. And I will I say thought, this. This one 16. surprised me. My thought was 16, but aside from Xander, pretty much everybody makes two or three on 16. Hmm. I almost want to say a par five because of the volatility. Um, screw it. I'll say two. It is not number two. Number Ooh. two is actually the second uh, most important hole in the front nine, uh, but is not uh, one of the more important well, holes. Well, that let gave me, you a hint. Yeah, it did. So let me throw out... Uh, I'm going to go with number 10. That's what I was going to say. Not number 10. Number Man. 10 is actually number six. Six uh, on this okay. list below number seven. Okay. Um, said you wouldn't get it. You know what? I'm going to say 18. It's not 18. 18 uh, is middle of the pack. Show me 11. 11 is number 7 right behind number 10. Okay, so there's only a few holes we haven't mentioned We, here. we did it's, really it's good e on the first It's four. either 17 or... 16. 16, yeah, or 14. So who's be, who's guessing? Hey, you said, you guess. said it would be a surprise. I'll say 14. It's not 14. I'll go 14. 16. 16. It's 16. I that was my initial gut reaction, and then I talked myself out of it, I, it, it on ma Varia. It makes sense because with the pin where it is, I mean, like we saw, you hit it in the bowl, you make bogey, at, you may miss your putt for and make a par. But if you don't hit it in the bowl, you're going to have a, a seven-footer for par. Yeah, no that's true. What, yeah. You I said, know? I said you mean, something You're talking stupid. about birdie. If you hit it in the bowl, you yeah, make you birdie. Make, yes. yes, I'm sorry. Yes, you'll make yeah, birdie. Yeah. I said something stupid because I said there wasn't much variance because most guys make birdie or par, and that's actually not true. A, a lot of guys hit it up on top of the hill. And make bogey. And then the closest you can get that putt is about six feet. Or yeah. you, you can flush an eight iron right in the middle of the water and make trip. <laughs> and my man Woody, shout out. I love Woody. Woody came on, and he's like, yeah, great shot. Yeah, you flushed it right in the middle of the pond. Great, Woody always great keeps shot. it real. Woody always keeps it real. Well, there, so. well, like you said, Sam, there was just that wall of wind that hit it. I mean, <laughs> so, okay, also, so. also, one thing I want to ask before you go. I'm sorry to interrupt you again, Cole, but Xander said he hit his 8-iron 180 yards. That's how far I hit my 8-iron. Does he not hit his 8-iron further than 180? Um, No, I sea mean. Sea level, I, I mean, it's pretty dense air down there. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe they, obviously, I, I'm sure that they were into a slight breeze there, but the idea that the wind is the reason he hit it in the water is total nonsense because there were 54 guys in the field who, uh, 53 of them didn't hit it in the water and were they, they were going into the same wind. And take the distance out of it. If he flushes it, he's 15 yards left of where he, he should have been He's way too far left. Yeah. He's way too far left and he pulled the wrong club. And, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get down the, this club point too because you brought up Zalatoris hitting a pitching wedge on 12 yeah. and it's like I, I look you look through and you look at what Br Bryson DeChambeau has in his bag he has like a 47 degree wedge and then he has a pitching wedge and it's like m my pitching wedge is 47 degrees right so it's like you know the wedge increments can go down like for example I um I just uh, switched five irons and the five iron I just bought was a newer model. It was the same length and loft as my previous four iron was. Okay. So it's like some of these guys, like I know Tiger and Ricky, who Ricky wasn't in the field, but, you know, they use like standard. Well, neither Tiger. <laughs> very good point. And so, um, you know, they use standard loft iron, so they'll hit it a little different. So maybe that was something with Shoffley because a lot of these guys use the newer, stronger 
um, iron. Yep. So that might be why they go a little further. I just wanted to put that caveat in there in case because some people say, oh, well, this guy hits his pitching wedge 175 yards. Well, it's a, it's a lot of an eight iron. So, I mean, you know, it's it's just different. Yeah, that's so, just all. It's definitely all relative. Uh, one guy that we're not going to touch on because I know that none of y'all picked him, uh, but I want to, like, not give a shout out to, but at least acknowledge it, uh, is Patrick Reed. I mean, he birdied Boo. 13, 14, 15, Boo. and 16 to I'll, backdoor a top eight. That I mean, like him or hate him, that's pretty pretty dang impressive. I'll, Boo. I'll tell you something. <laughs> I, I, I'm frustrated myself, guys, because I, my other my other one-and-done pick was Matt Kuchar, who, who decided to – uh, where he went from left arm arm lock to right arm arm lock at some point in the tournament. What in the world? Did he really? Yeah, I look, really? I, yeah, yeah. Look at it. I, I know at least on the back nine. I never went in and did it. They well, said he I, did I, it for I the whole watch, tournament. I quit watching him because he was six over for all of Friday. Hey, he birdied the last hole to get to four over. That's still for missed, him. That still missed the cut. But my, my point being about Reed is that I, I personally am letting. My hatred for Reed not let me have betting winning opportunities because he is just a good golfer. And I'm letting the fact that he's a bloody cheater stop me from picking him. And, and, and it's starting to upset me. It really See, is. I and, use and, him and, in Hawaii, use him at Century, and you don't have to worry about it the rest of the year. Well, and now I'm worried that I'm going to pick him and then he's going to play horribly. And then I don't know how much more worse I can. And next thing you know, I'll start rooting against him in, in the Ryder Cup, which is, I, no, I, I, let me rephrase I could never do that. So if, I don't if, have, he, if he if, plays against Hovland in the Ryder Cup, I'm rooting for Hovland. Uh, you, you, no, no, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I don't I'll care. Root, I'll root for the U.S. to win the Ryder Cup, but I'll root for Hovland to win that match. What, what if it's if, the, what, what if it's the last match? Oh, my God. I don't I don't even want to think about that. How, how, uh, I, uh, how can is, you root for a European? Here's the problem. Here's I don't, the problem. You cannot no, no, no. have personal no, interest no, no. in the Ryder Cup. I personally like Victor Hovland so much, and we saw what being the, the, the determining match did to Hunter Mayhem whenever it went wrong. I can't put that on Hovey. I can't do that. I like him too much. Hovey, Hovey, Hovey. I like him too Sam, much. Sam, I love you to death. But if we played a Chickasha versus Edmund North battle, I would want your ass to get beat so bad it's not even funny. You know, <laughs> I, know, I totally so it's agree. Like, yeah, but we'd be thing. on the other team. Okay, so, so, uh, we're on USA. They're on Europe. Yeah, me and we'll, Patrick Reed are on the same team. We'll when revisit, it's Ryder Cup week. We'll revisit this conversation come oh September as the Ryder Dude, look, Cup. Oh my God! Yeah, he's he, right. He, 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 he ba- switched to but, the but, right but, arm lock. I, I tried oh. to go back. I'm looking did, at the putt. Turn this around. Sam, go to go to the seventeen. Go to the first round, Sam. I need to see if he. Did this at the start of the tournament. Watch on oh 17, gosh. he is putting How do you right arm. Lock? I don't know. Well, I've never I, I heard saw, of anyone doing that. On 13, I have the to know. I have to know what the loft on the, the putter is. I have to know what the loft on the putter is to arm lock with the right arm because that is the weirdest thing. That that is right up there with. You remember whenever VJ first started chipping left hand low, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen." Oh, he did it Chris all day. Chris Stroud did it too. Because I'm looking on yeah. number three. He he did it all day, and that would make sense because if you left arm lock, it's gonna loft the putter, so he had to have switched. Oh, it had to be a different putter. It had to be a different had putter. Had to be, 100%. Okay, anyway, we're totally down rabbit holes here. Uh, Augusta National. <laughs> That's crazy. That happens, uh, I guess. Augusta National, Thursday, Friday, and for about nine holes on Saturday, was hard, it was fast, it was brutal. It was. I still can't believe Justin Rose did what he did Thursday afternoon. Then the rain comes in, Saturday afternoon, and we get a much more receptive golf course, especially late on Saturday. We saw what Hideki did, but even on Sunday, it was quite a bit more receptive than it was on Thursday and Friday. So what did y'all think of just the overall playability of the course for four days and and just how the guys handled it? I thought Augusta National played perfectly 
uh, of how I think Augusta National should play. I like when it's firm and fast, uh, but then maybe on the weekend it gets a little, uh, you know, more playable. And, uh, and and I love how it was so crispy uh, on the first day, but it was still playable. I mean, Justin Rose shot seven under, so it wasn't like it was not possible, you know. And then on the and then after we got the rain on Saturday, uh, Hideki goes out there, and that's really where he won the tournament. Was after that rain delay, and and it shows how Augusta National always. Whether it's firm and crispy uh, or soft, it always punishes bad shots and rewards good ones. You know, and, and I'm, I'm just going to leave it here. The guy I picked started the tournament with a new putting group. He finished third and 12th back-to-back weeks, and, and he goes to a back right arm lock, something we've never seen before. I picked him too. And and I, I would have never picked him had I known this. I didn't I mean, pick him in the one and done, but I picked him on my I DraftKings. Lord and him, help us. He missed the cut by one and so did Berger, and that cost me my DraftKings. I ended up finishing eighth in a pool of a bunch of people without – you know, having my two guys on the weekend. I fin- I finished best out of both all of us. Thank you very little. I uh, just want to say that. Um, you know, but we're talking about the course here, guys. And whenever you have 90, what was there, 92 players in the field? Um, 88, 88. 88. So you had 88 players in the field. And, man, when, whenever you get the top 50 best players in the world, particularly, you know, you got your former champion Ams down there. And, you know, if, if the course is playing super tough, there's going to be one guy who could go out there and make a, a bluster birdies like we saw Rose do. I mean, two over through, through through seven and ends up finishing seven under. I mean, it's just truly remarkable. But we saw what happened with Rose. I mean, we we kind of called it where he he just didn't have his stuff on the back nine. And it's um, just tough to follow up that uh, that 65. I mean, he followed it up with a 72, 72, 74. Not one round under par. After yeah. that, you know, and so I mean, that's it goes to show that you know we talk about which round is most important analytically, and a lot of people think it's the last round. I mean, we saw John Rom had a backdoor, backdoor top ten or backdoor top five. Yeah, T five with sixty six. Yeah. But you know, Rose getting out there to post that sixty five allowed him to shoot even par, even par, and still be there on Sunday with a chance had he been able yeah. to, you know, get out of his funk. But he's it, the Thursday was more of a fluke than it wasn't because, like you said, his. His coach literally told him, I, you're not there, but at least you're better, you know? And so, if you have your coach telling you that, you're like, okay, well, we're just going to try to play the most – try to do the opposite of what Rory's doing. Go out there, just get the ball in the hole, see what happens, and go from there. But I thought it was great because it played so tough Thursday. You could tell on Friday they saturated the greens a little bit, let that sub air do, do its work. They can set the temperature, whatever the hell they want to. Um, you could tell the course was starting to get a little bit harder on Saturday before the rain delay. Then the rain delay comes in, and we saw – I mean, we brought up Hideki taking advantage, but we saw a very few handful of guys actually learn from that because it's like I told um, my girlfriend Caitlin when we were watching, I said right before it started, I said, watch, you're going to see about 90% of putts left short coming up. Everyone's going to yeah. leave it short. And, and we and, did. And what happened? Especially Every- on 13. Oh, my gosh, 13 coming down the hill. Guys, we're leaving it 10, 12 feet short. It yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you get – Whenever you start a tournament, you get it stuck in your head of, oh, I don't want to – if you're downhill, you're always slightly tentative because you can hit it six feet by. So then you still have the same thought process. You hit it, and it comes up six feet short. And the six-foot downhiller is no fun at all. We all know that. And, yeah. you know, I, I just want to say that um, to go on to the point of how well Augusta did, I think that this was one of – just because the fact Hideki got out to a big lead and kind of made it non-interesting, I think – took away from the way the course was set up because I think it's set up very well for the four days consecutively. And one thing I've just started to grow appreciation of is just 
the Augusta pin locations because there's even some locations, even though they're relatively in the same spots, they moved them just a couple of feet in different areas to get those to get the players a little different feel. Like I noticed yep. on, on 16, it looked like the pin was a little bit more down in the bowl than it usually has been. Sometimes it's a little bit more up. So you notice, I noticed like Cameron Champ hit a really good shot in there, and it, it did the same thing Tigers was doing. I know it could have been a little bit of the moisture, but it looked like it was coming down, coming down, going to go in, and it stopped Mark Lee's yep. doing with the same thing. Yep. And, um, you know, I think that that hole being just another foot lower – had a had a bigger impact, and so I I, I want to give Augusta credit for you know having just a little bit of tinkering in a tournament that's been going on for eighty plus years. Yeah, and that's one one place where we got to give Hideki a bunch of credit is he made pars on four, five, and six, and six had that really tough pin location. He striped a shot to that top top level. So did Xander actually, but those those How pars about the on par putt on five. Yeah, for Hideki, exactly. I mean, he hits his tee shot in the bunker. He has to lay up short. He hits an okay wedge shot out to what eighteen feet probably. Yeah, and then he buries it while simultaneously Will Zalatoris missed about a four footer for birdie on seven. And I mean, Xander that- was messing up five as well. Oh yeah, Xander made a complete God. mess. Good double uh, five. It was yeah. I'm, I'm he probably flushed that tee shot. It just ended up out to the right, nearly <laughs> out of bounds off the property. Um, but wall of wind hit it. Wall of wind hit yeah. it on five, no doubt. So on Thursday, you talk about you know Rose going out and shooting the sixty five. You know, the winner almost always comes from a guy who's in the top 10 after the first round. So, Sam, I went on with your dad, the hunt man on the animal, Friday morning, and he asked me for my winners. And I was like, you know, I still think JT and Spieth are the two guys. I think they'll yep. make runs. But then he asked me, he said, give me one guy from the group at three under par. Because, I mean, that, those were the next guys in line. Yep. He said, give me one guy from the group at three under par. And I said... If I got to pick one of those guys, it's got to be Hideki. He's yeah. flushing the ball and he's doing something that I haven't seen him do in a long time. He's rolling putts in. And it's just, it's so strange. And I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I can't remember if it's from the 73rd hole account or my, my own personal account. Hideki forever has just been the guy who's a super talented player, but he cannot get the ball in the hole. We talked about it on this show tons of times. You pick Hideki, you better, you better turn your TV off. You better pause your TV while he's putting and then fast forward through it so you don't have to watch it. Wasn't the case this week. The, well, the putter probably even exceeded the ball striking this yeah, week. I will say, though, he never really had uh, to make a pressure putt coming down the stretch. Well, he, he, well yeah. I mean, he, he he had a lag from five feet on, on 18 and, and by the way, didn't hit the hole. By the way, just the nonchalant tap-in for whatever. Oh, my they gosh, said I that, know. They said that him winning the Masters is worth, what, nine figures it's what, it, in, but because, in Japan? Because of the popularity and the sponsorships and, and everything he'll, he'll get, get after it, that? It's, it's worth over so, $100 million. Yeah. So a $100 million putt and he just nonchalantly taps it in? He, he walked up off his back foot. He just, like, had his feet all staggered. And, I mean, it was, what, it was a foot, yeah. 15 hey, It was shorter maybe. than Tiger's hey, Maybe that's 19th. the best thing he could have done yes, where yes, he doesn't was. think about it. But still, I mean, I was sitting there, man. He <laughs> could have cost off, himself a lot yeah, of money. I mean, I mean, I was a little surprised that he hit it hard enough to get it a foot by. I know. I thought for sure he was just going to cozy oh, it up I'm to like two inches. I'm cozying that up yeah. to two inches Dude, for I, sure. I don't but, care if you remember me as the guy who lagged a five-footer to win the Masters. Yeah. You know what you're going to remember me as? The guy to win the Masters. <laughs> the guy that wears the green jacket. Yes. The first Until Japanese you guy to win the Masters. Yeah. You, you know what I hope we have? I hope that 50 years, 40 years from now, we have 70-year-old Hideki Matsuyama at Augusta National, and I hope that he's got a short little old man swing, but he's still pauses at the top. <laughs> so I hope he just brings it back like three quarters of the way and then stops for two, three seconds and then lets it whip. That'd be beautiful. You know, that's one thing I do want to bring up from a technical perspective is that, you know, a lot of times we talk about how, you know, how is your technique going to hold up under pressure? And I think we, I had seen a lot with Hideki where he had gotten into a pressure moment and, 
the pause at the top would be at a different time, right? Sometimes it'd be a little faster. Sometimes he'd hold it a little slower. So I want to give Hideki um, some credit for being able to keep his keep his swing in uh, in in proper sequence. And um, and also too, you know, before we get into a little bit more of the golf, one thing I want to shout because you brought up Hideki stretch on four, five, and six. Shout out friend of the show, Scott Verplank, for the job he did this weekend oh, on the yeah, Masters. Great job. I mean, clap, I mean, clap for Scott Verplank. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be biased here. I listen to all the different segments. I listen to the Amen Corner, the 15-16 featured groups. I truly think Scott did the best job out of any of them. And I, I don't know exactly what his extent is with CBS, but if he wants to do it, I hope they send him out there to do some more coverage because I think he does a hell of a job, and I dang sure know that he can make the CBS crew a lot he better. He knows what he's talking about, and you can tell that he thinks about what he wants to say before he says it, yeah, and he just, which he is, just, a lot of, is something that a lot of guys don't do. He puts it in a very straightforward, easy-to-understand manner, which you know is what golf fans While make. at the same time not making – people who know about golf seem sound like idiots. Yes, which is yeah. a fine line to walk, and he's obviously just starting doing this and obviously is walking that line spectacularly. So, great job, Scott Verplank, this week. Uh, how about we get on to our one-and-done picks? You obviously both had Jordan Spieth, so that was a good pick. Uh, let's see what Jordan netted you this week. Would have been 667000 uh, Taylor, would, you had... Would have been about 850, 890 had he not missed that putt on 18. Correct, but, correct. But Shoffley could have made the putt on 18, too, as Very well. Th- it, there's, the butterfly effect is real. So, so you had Jordan Spieth and Matt Kuchar. So between Jordan Spieth's 667000 and what Matt Kuchar got you, you got 667000 So how God, about I, w- I want a time machine so bad. Had I known my man was switching putting strokes. How about this, Good though? Lord. Between the players and the Masters, you had two made cuts, and I had four made cuts. And between the players and the Masters, you got about $3.5 and I got about 150000 with my four <laughs> made cuts. So that is crazy. It's all about having high finishers. And you had two, Sam, because you had Spieth and you had Rom. Yep. So I have to believe that you enjoyed his and, little backdoor T5 yesterday. And my best yesterday. bet of last week was that John Rahm would finish in the top five you and did the top say that. ten. And, and my other best bet was that Cam Smith was w- would finish top ten in this tournament as well. And he backdoored a top ten. I tell you what, so if you, it, you talked nice about too. live betting earlier. If you would have live bet both of those Sunday morning, you would have been a rich man. I know. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, that's big true. Time. Uh, and then I just had my, my two made cuts, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, two of the best iron players in the world. Thanks for my two of the top four players. Combined, let's see. JT uh, was one hundred nineteen thousand six hundred. Morikawa, I don't even how far down on my computer scroll. Where'd Morikawa end up at? Uh, he wasn't actually too far. Oh, he was better than JT. He was one hundred sixty-one thousand. So that was uh, I got about two hundred eighty thousand between the two of them. And Sam actually leapfrogged me this week. So Taylor, you are in first over Sam uh, by about three and a half million, and then I'm another three hundred thousand behind Sam well, at this point. I'm gonna have to catch fire. I, obviously, I got a late start. Uh, the other best bet. A lot that of I golf had, left still. I did. I didn't even bet my dad on this. I should have. But Should've. I did. I did call that Rory could miss the cut. You did. That's exactly what you I said. You would have had three to one odds. I know. That was one of the best bets of the week. Seriously. Because I it mean, was – I mean, I sh- you, you could tell by about the time Rory was teeing off on his back nine on Thursday, this dude doesn't have a prayer. But he was – my dad was even giving me terrible odds on that. If you really bet on that, I wonder what the odds would have been on Rory to miss the cut. And and what I saw from Rory coming into this tournament was that he was playing golf swing and not golf. So. Yeah. Well, well, we saw in data golf, you brought up John Rahm had a 97% chance to make the cut. Rory wasn't that much down there. He no. was around 80 or high – or yeah. not, not high 80s, but mid 80s. So, yeah, that up, that's a 15 to 20% chance to miss the cut. Anytime um, you have an 85% chance to do something and it doesn't happen for you, you're a little frustrated. Yeah, so. no doubt. Let's uh, 
rattle off the guys who get an automatic invite back next year. So everyone who finishes in the top 12 gets an auto invite the following year. And this year, uh, that was actually, there were 17 guys who finished in the top 12 because there were a bunch of guys at T12. So obviously Hideki, he's welcome back for the rest of his life. Zalatoris finished in solo second. So despite the fact that he is a Corn Ferry Tour member, he will be invited back next what April. What a joke. At which point he will be a PGA Tour member. Xander, Spieth, Leishman, Rom, Rose, uh, Connors, Reed, uh, Finau, and Cam Smith. Those guys round out the top 10. And then here's the list of names at T12. Webb, obviously, is pretty much set. But there's a bunch of other guys here at T12 that this means a lot to. Kevin Na, guaranteed an invite back to the Masters next year. Robert McIntyre, out of Scotland, played his way into the Masters here recently and now has earned himself an invite back. 24 Ye- years old, just Ye- yesterday, as Yesterday, whenever it was fi- finalized that he was going to get an invite back next year, he ran out of the clubhouse. He jumped on his caddy's back. He was so excited. He was giving everybody high fives. It was awesome. This means so much to these guys. Old man Stuart Sink gets an invite back next year with his two under finish. T12, Siwoo Kim, uh, T12. He gets an invite back next year. And our man Scott Tway will be back on the bag of Brian Harmon in one year at Augusta National. Brian Harmon, despite going 74-74 on the weekend, opened with two 69s on Thursday and Friday. So Brian Harmon finishes T12 and will be back at the Masters in 2022. So congratulations to all those guys who get the auto invites back next year. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I want to – two points I want to bring up. One is that, you know, you brought up earlier, Sam, with the trivia that Spieth is first time there, finished second to Bubba. Yep. I, I see a little bit of correlation between Spieth and Zalatoris yep. coming out. I mean, I know Both that – Both from Dallas. Yeah, Dallas yep. and, you know, young players, uh, U.S. junior winners yep. and all that. So I think that maybe next year is a year for Zalatoris to, to maybe go out and make, make a big move, kind of like Spieth did. And, you know, um, my last thing I want to say here, guys, is – on on our uh, preview show, I, I went to an article on GolfWorks about the 23 players who could win the Masters written, written by Rich Hunt. And here's some of the guys on his list of over 100 to 1 of who could win. Stuart Sink, 450 to 1. One of the guys you just mentioned finished yep. in the top 10. Um, guy down here, let me see here. T12, Mark, T12. T, uh, Mark Leishman, 110 to 1, finished, what, sixth or whatever. Yep. Um, Shane Lowry made the cut. He was 110 to 1. Uh, Ryan Palmer played pretty good. He was 150 to 1. Um, Gary Woodland played pretty well, didn't he? I know he made the cut. I don't know. Mm, no, he uh, faded on the weekend. He faded he, on the weekend. T40. T40. Yeah, yeah, okay, T40. so nevertheless, these were all guys that made the cut and who were all triple digits. And like I said, Stuart Sink and Mark Leishman in there. So this Richie Hunt guy knows what he's talking about because 23 of the players he talked about and all that were um, long shots ended up making the cut, and some of them even had a chance to win. How about our man Bryson? who had one out of four rounds better than 75. Bryson goes 76, 67 in round even two. Par. Nice little 67, even par for Bryson. <laughs> and then he goes 75, 75 on the weekend. We talked about this on Friday, guys. I cannot pick Bryson DeChambeau at the Masters anytime, probably in the next half decade because it's just going to take him a long time to figure out how he wants to play the golf course because right now he's guessing, and he's guessing wrong. Well, I just think it comes down to Augusta National is a course for artists, and he's a scientist. You can't overpower it. Well, not just overpowering. I think he tries to get everything down to the number and down to a theory. And at Augusta National... Well, Greg's reading books. He doesn't get them at Augusta. He missed a lot of six footers this week and looked yeah. puzzled when they went past the edge of the hole. Yeah, that's true. And and distance I'm, control was still pretty shit. Distance it was. control it was, was terrible. And, and and that's one thing that I, you know, the, if you look at all the winners, like 
these guys are guys that like to shape shots. They're like you got Bubba, you got uh, guys that are a Tiger. little more Tiger. I mean, you got Phil Hideki. You got Speed. Who you know he's more of an artist. If I watch him play, I wouldn't yeah. say he's necessarily a technical guy. Uh, it, you go through the past winners and, and the guys that have played really well here, not just one time winners. Uh, they're not like Deshambo. They're not super scientist guys. No, this is not this is not a place where you can go set up a hypothesis in a lab and get it figured out. And you know, one of the things I was looking at Bryson's bag and I just don't understand it. He had a four and a half degree driver, he had a ten and a half degree three wood, and then he had a thirteen and a half degree three wood in yeah. his bag. And then he goes to like four iron. And it's like I understand you might be able to disperse these yardages, but I just don't know what the need for, for all these long clubs is. Your third uh, your third club is 13 degrees of loft. Well, I don't, that goes back to what I said. He's guessing. You know, you know well, what, Bryson? Guessing. With how far he hits it, why not put six wedges in the back? You yeah. know what Bryson needs more than anything is to hit fairways out there. Yes. He needs to hit fairways, and he that's, needs to have better distance control with his short iron. That's one thing I was going to ask because we brought up the side hill lies all the time. Do you think that that might have a reason for the distance control? Is just that he can't Ooh, judge it be. off of the lies? Well, so, so what if he's hitting a pitching wedge that's the length of a seven iron and the ball's 18 inches above his feet? I can't imagine that that's an you easy shot to down hit. On it? <laughs> I, I would assume I, that he does would. He, but does he choke up and down on shots? I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't a know. good question. It, it's an absolute mess. Let's. Uh, so the local guys this week, Matthew Wolf, obviously uh, didn't have the best week. Eleven over was going to miss the cut. Didn't pay close attention to his scorecard. Was DQ'd Friday afternoon. We talked about that a little bit on Friday. Victor Hovland went 73-70, 72-73. Got himself in at T21. Uh, so that was a, a good finish there from Hovland, and then Abraham answer 75-69, 75-70. So those first and third rounds ended up hurting Abraham answer, but still gets in there at T26. Obviously would have been a couple shots better. You never know, butterfly effect, all those different things, how he plays, but he did pretty good, I think, to battle his way back to a T26 after taking the unfortunate penalty after the round Thursday for grazing the grains of sand. Yeah, what a what a like. There's two absolute just dumb rules in golf: the scorecard thing, where we can go look at every one single stroke and everything like that, and then um, just missing little grains of sand, which is two shots instead of one. But and and also too, I I called it. I'm I'm I thought he would have played a little bit better, but the course was tough. Brian Harmon's playing some good golf with Scott Toy on the bag, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna win very soon. He's playing really good golf. And I looked at this on Data Golf. If you go over the past thirty days. Uh, Brian Harmon is actually the number one ranked player on Data Golf over the past me. 30 days. Doesn't surprise me. He's been making so many birdies. He's been lighting it up. Uh, Masters, obviously, is incredibly prestigious, as is the President's Award that the Diffie Ford Lincoln team has been awarded for the year of 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it's based on sales and service, and that is what they pride themselves on, service after the sale. The Ford Lincoln brand only give this award out to the top dealers in the nation, and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So whether you're looking for the all-new 2021 F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try. A place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you'll never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the metro, serving Oklahomans for 67 years. Fellas, in back-to-back weeks, we had a player from Japan win at Augusta National, and we officially have a trend now 
In both times that the Augusta National Women's Amateur has been played, the country winner of the ANWA has matched the country winner of the Masters. Obviously, there have only been two of them. In 2019, it was Cup Cho and Tiger. And then in uh, 2021, it was uh, Subasa Kajitani and Hideki Matsuyama of Japan. So uh, great stuff, great stuff for, for the game of golf in Japan. And, you know, Hideki's a very shy guy. I was reading another story this morning that said, you know, he speaks some English, but not a lot. And uh, it, it basically said in the story, he speaks fluent in Japanese, but not a lot. He just, he's yeah. not a talker. You know, they asked him how he felt about winning the Masters. He said, I'm really happy. And that's just, he put it perfect, to be honest. Yeah, he put it, he put it perfect. He's shy, uh, but I was happy for him. He's, me too. This is, it, it, it was a long time coming. It validates his career. And I think that's why I was rooting for him so hard. I let, like with Sergio won. There's so many guys who have been through it, who've paid their dues, who've been through the ups and downs on the tour. They've been on streaks. They've been on slumps. And then they get something like this that just validates their entire careers. And that, to me, is really cool. So I was really happy for Hideki. Yeah, and process of the journey, they showed the picture of him 10 years ago getting the Low Am Award. Yep. So, and now he is getting the green jacket. So I mean, And just, he's the seventh, seventh player the seventh. to win Low Am and yep. then go on to win the event. And I wouldn't mind seeing a guy from Norway become the eighth here in the near future. Yep. No doubt. Shout out Victor Hovland. Shout out Victor Hovland with the T21 finish. Fellas, great Masters recap. It's... Uh, 360 more days. It's, uh, boys, 364 I'm, more days till next year. Talking trials. I got to toughen up. I'm sad, boys. I'm sad to be signing off today. We got the PGA Championship at least coming up. So tomorrow we'll preview the and the Senior PGA as well. The RBC Heritage, where they will be playing for another jacket. <laughs> Surprisingly underrated, good field. It really is. A lot it, of good players. It there. really is. I just. I so struggle to get fired up for the RBC Heritage the week after the Masters. It's just such a stark contrast and the, the best place in the world. Uh, but we'll dive into all that tomorrow. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If we missed anything, you got any thoughts, hit us up at 73rdhole.com. Also, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, search 73rd Hole. You will find us there. And don't forget, head over to golfoklahoma.org, our great partners here on the podcast. Subscribe, all that good stuff. KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship coming up next month. A lot of great coverage coming your way there. Thanks for listening once again to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.